business of drag and me with your host, the wonderful Brayden. We'll talk about taxes. We'll talk about business. We'll talk about life. Spill the tea. See you there. All right, friends, welcome back to the podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today I am joined by a special guest, Juicebox. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. So I always like to ask this on the podcast. Can you tell us your preferred name uh, in and out of drag and your preferred pronouns? Preferred name as in like what you would want me to call you and anyone who watches this who like saw you in the airport. Um, usually just juice, ju- juice or juice box, just cause I like to keep my boy life very private. Cool. Um, and then she, her is fine. If I'm in drag, he, him, if I'm out of drag, but usually just she, her, if you know me, cause I, my, my whole thing is, is if you know me as juice, you know, juice, you know, yeah. you don't know, you don't know me like personally in my personal life. So I just try to keep everything separate in that way. So including like pronouns and name and everything. So juice and she, her is fine. Okay. Awesome. Easy enough. All right. So I always like to kind of kick the party off with a lightning round set of questions. You ready? Oh my God. Okay. Okay. They're, they're, they're relatively easy. Tea (laughs) or coffee? Tea. Tea. Are you a fan of tea or coffee? I am. Okay, cool. Cool. We like, we like tea. Okay. So tea, uh, beer, wine, cocktails, or mocktails? uh sober for four and a half years so mocktails okay cool (laughs) I do make um we have a lemon tree at our house that just goes like really out of control so I like to make homemade lemonade when it's really popping off it's good oh I used to always make homemade lemonade it's my beef yes with like a mint simple syrup it's delightful yeah it's so good okay um you have the night off are you staying in or going out Oh, I am in bed. I am in. I am. <laughs> you couldn't pay me to go out. <laughs> I figured you'd say like you're on Twitch or something because I know that you game a lot. We'll talk about that. Yeah, but that's work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's work. But do you do that yeah. mostly at night? Do you do that at night or during the day? During the day. Okay. I know um, when you told me before we hit record, you said you were just got back from the gym. And I'm like, I haven't been chatting with a lot of drag queens yet, but the little information I've gathered is that most of them do not wake up very early. <laughs> I, yeah. I am an anomaly when it comes to a lot of my drag friends. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Favorite season of drag race other than your own season six. What season was Adora, Courtney and six. Bianca? Six, season six. Season six. Okay, what's your favorite go-to lip sync song or performance song? Um, Like a go-to that I know it's going to be. My favorite go-to, there's two. My favorite go-to is um, Kristen Chenoweth, 14G, or okay. Taylor the Latte Boy. Like, if I can do that, I'm the happiest person in the world. <laughs> uh, but my go-to, because I know it's going to be good and I know everyone's going to be happy, is just I have an Ariana Megamix. So just do that. Nice. And I know everyone's nice. going to be joyful. I should, I should uh, change that question for the next one. Like, what's the song that you would always do if you knew people would like throw money at you, but like, maybe you don't, oh, yeah. maybe you Ariana don't Grande. do it because you're like, it's a really niche and not everyone's going to do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What's your favorite place to perform? Oh, what's my favorite, favorite place to perform? Uh, I love I love a small brunch. Okay. A small brunch. You know, like a small brunch. Like Glad Day is a Glad Day brunch is a brunch in Toronto. Glad Day Bookshop. It's hosted by Aaron Brockovich. And it's a small little brunch. And those those ones are the ticket. They're so fun. The money's great. Everyone's a good time. And it's there's not too much pressure. And you can just kind of have fun with it. I love a small brunch. Yeah. Have you been to San Diego to perform yet? No, not San, not been to San Diego yet. No. Okay. Well, we'll have to get that on your itinerary. It's, it's a good time. I'm, here. I'm hoping to go for TwitchCon this year. So maybe in October. Is that in we'll San see. Diego? I think so. San Diego is the really gay one, right? San Francisco? San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco is <laughs> known to have a much larger gay community than San Diego. I know yeah. there's a San in it. That's where it is. <laughs> Yeah, so. San, San Francisco is where the Castro is, and that's where they do um, Folsom, which is like a big oh, thing. Oh, hot. Yeah. That's the, the the outside sex stuff. Yes. It's a lot mm. of, so I haven't been, but I think it's like a lot of like leather gear and yeah, a lot of that uh, 
yeah and and the outdoor sex stuff i know specifically on drag race they were like don't take your children to Folsom. that's not yeah, who don't it's don't go to Folsom for the yeah. for the babies no okay favorite month of the year for drag like to work during oh um the fall i like the fall drag because you can still go outside and hang out. You can still maybe do a brunch outside. Like you can still do outdoor things, but uh-huh. it's comfortable. Although I do like summer drag because I don't wear like a lot of clothes. So for <laughs> me, if I'm outside in the summer, it's kind of still fine. Okay. So okay, cool, I would say cool. like a summer into fall. But September. not not like Halloween specifically, just like fall season. No, Halloween is, you, you find when you do drag a lot of holidays, you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah it's just not good okay so this one is uh this is maybe a fun one i don't know you'll have to tell me imagine Mm -hmm. you go back on drag race and you have to do the family makeover challenge okay um and i'm your family member and you have to pick a drag uh, a song for me to lip sync to what are you gonna pick you yeah oh my god well we've only just met um Something okay. So if if you're gonna be a part of the of of my family, I like a I like a high energy song, but I also like because I do burlesque as well. I like like a soft, nice. sexy song. Okay. Yeah. So um, are are you more a high energy girl or a soft and sexy girl? Um. Ooh. Well, I feel like I feel like like soft is easier because there'd be like less. Well, I guess you don't have to do choreography and a lip sync. Oh my but god, then, you do. It's just slower. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I could pull that off, but. Uh, you know, you see, you see it on the show all the time. Once people get in drag, you never, you, ne- you never, never really it know. Changes. How it changes. Yeah, it really it does change. Um, I, okay. You know what? Then I would say I would give you, we'll make it a Christmas show and we'll do warm December by Sabrina Claudio. You have to look it up. Okay. All right. I yeah. will look that up. I was yeah. thought maybe like the one thing I maybe could do is, um, do, do a Lipa, let's get physical and like bring out my jump rope and do double unders like carrot, uh, oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> i i actually sometimes if I'm, I'm feeling real pumped i'll do physical by dua lipa and do as many push-ups as i can yeah i like that it's like a good way to, to utilize your your crossfit skill set yeah. okay last lightning round question Ooh. i just got on twitter this morning and you said that uh you changed your mind and that you might come <laughs> out with some music but it'd be a cringy nursery rhyme countdown tiktok thing would you like to give us a sample of what that would sound like? Oh my God. No. Oh my God. Um, that was, such, that was a joke. <laughs> or okay, uh, I, I don't think I've seen those TikToks. So tell us about that. Oh my God. Have you not heard? One of them is, um, do you know the, you know, Matt at Disney, right? You've never heard Matt at Disney. I don't think oh so. Oh my is God. That a song? <laughs> it's a song. So it happened like in 2020, they started doing these songs that were like, very nursery rhymey and very like very simple songs and then they're like it's it's very like um what's her name she did the album sour she has all the stickers on her face oh my I, god i'm not ver- so out of touch yeah outside of like outside of like drag race <laughs> and like lady gaga my pop culture references are not that not lady culture but she i can't remember her name right now but she's basically like the the britney spears for like gen z but she um uh but a lot of like one of the songs is twinkle twinkle little bitch i'm so fucking over it or just another narcissist like they're just so silly you know and they're so so funny to make and they're but like you hear them and you're just like how is this a real song why are you doing this (laughs) and it's mostly people just duetting them being just like please stop making these they're not good (laughs) (laughs) we'll have um i'll have my editor do some pop-up graphics of these of these uh artists yeah oh is this like video being recorded right now yeah oh Oh my god oh my yeah yeah we're on we're gonna go on youtube and oh oh i thought this was just audio oh my god no it's okay from the gym no you look great you look great um okay. i've been telling i've been telling everyone i'm like you don't need to like get in drag or anything like that because that's like a whole oh, a whole God. different thing yeah 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 okay so great nailed it nailed the lightning round so that was fabulous crushed it, crushed it. let's talk mm-hmm. a little bit about your drag journey can you tell us like when you got started and how and why you got started i started dragging 
I know. So much to unpack. Uh, I started drag eight years ago. I think it was eight, eight in June. So I basically started because I was like going out a lot and I was partying. I had really, really low self-esteem. Um, and I saw like the drag queens were getting in, skipping all the lines. They were getting as many drinks as they want. Everybody wanted to hang out with them. They were gorgeous. Um, and as low as my self-esteem was, I was an arrogant little fucker too, because I was a makeup artist. Like I was a trained professional makeup artist. So I was just like, I can fucking do that. So I just decided it was me and a group of friends. We all decided to enter this contest called Cruise and Tango's Drag Race. Cruise and Tango's is the local bar, uh, in Toronto. It's the really, really big drag bar there. Um, so we all decided to enter this contest and slowly as the, the contest started to get closer and closer, each one of them were like, oh, I'm not going to do it. Oh, I don't feel like doing it. Oh, I got to work. And it was just me who ended up still going for it. So it was, I had this whole outfit. I had backup dancers. I entered the contest and like when I did my number, like I went out a lot. So I had a lot of friends, you know, they're drinking buddies, uh-huh. but so I had a lot of people in the audience who were like friends of mine. So they were just like, the, it was so loud when I finished my number, like the walls were shaking, like people outside were just like, we could hear them screaming juice, like outside, like they were excited. And my number was fucking garbage, uh, but they <laughs> loved it. So, <laughs> but you killed it. I mean, it sounds like you killed uh, it. fucking crushed it, my dude. But, um, so after then I was just like, okay, well, I'll just do the contest and see how I feel about it and see, you know, what happens. I ended up making it right to the finale. It was an eight week competition, make it all the way to the top four. I didn't win obviously, um, but made it right to the end. And then I ended up kind of just like keeping up doing drag, but it turned into this like excuse for me to party. So like it was the, it was extra money for me to like buy shit. It was extra money for me to buy more alcohol. It was extra money for me to like buy food. So I would put on these like shitty drag outfits, some shitty wigs, go out and party. And it wasn't until I was about like four years in that I was like, oh, this is like a real career opportunity for me. And like, I, I should put more into it. So I ended up taking, I ended up getting sober and getting a little bit more serious to, with my drag. So back, back to year one, if you could. So I, I wrote down the question, how would you rate your makeup on a scale of one to 10 expecting that usually it might be on the lower end, but you did say you were a professional makeup artist. So maybe that's the one See, thing like, you had dialed in. Mm, no, I mean, like, uh, I would still say my makeup was like a three, uh-huh. like it was well blended and it was clean, but it wasn't like good yeah (laughs) you know it was like a it was it was trying too hard to do like beauty makeup for like a makeup artist I wasn't thinking Mm -hmm. in a way of like the shapes that need to happen for drag it took me a little bit to to make it there I got there a lot faster than some of my sisters bunch of (laughs) bunch of hogs (laughs) where were you were you an independent makeup artist or did you work in a store somewhere I worked at mac Uh, I started, I worked at, I worked in film and TV for a while and then, um, I wanted to die. So I started working at Mac uh, more consistently. So I was a Mac makeup artist. Gotcha. And they're probably not asking for drag drag makeup when they come into Mac. So you'd you'd actually be surprised. I was, I was doing, yeah, I was doing, uh, I was doing a lot of bridal makeup and we had a lot of like, um, we had a lot of like like we didn't like they weren't just like white girls right so a lot of uh-huh. cultures prefer a lot more makeup so like an Indian bridal that's just like the makeup is huge the liner is like out to here you've got like glitter you've got like beautiful blending and like frosted highlights like the makeup is, is quite big it's not drag but it's quite yeah. big for a lot of a lot of like weddings or a lot of girls who are going out and I was actually doing makeup when the the cream contouring trend was really big so when I was doing a lot of stuff it was basically like pared down drag because it was when everyone wanted the cream contour, the, like white frosted highlights and four lashes on. Now things are a lot more natural, but I was kind of like, for me, it was a little bit easier of a transition in, but drag is so, 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 so much bigger. And yeah. there's so much more fine techniques that you need to know about changing the shape of the face into what you want to do. Yeah. Cause I would imagine like, I don't know, 2012 to 2020 here in Southern California, depending on the neighborhood that you work in at the Mac store, I would imagine that like most of them just want to look like Kim, Kim Kardashian. Oh my God. Oh my God. The amount of people who are like, um, I want this, but light coverage. And I'd be like, well, I don't know what you want. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I can't do that for you. You want it to maybe look like 
look like like yeah. average i guess is what they probably mean okay so yeah. uh makeup was a three then are you at a 10 now oh i'm at a 12 bitch <laughs> okay you're at a you're at a 12 <laughs> who um which like which drag faces would you say are your favorite if you had to like rate anyone like up there at the t- top of the tippity top for you and i can't say me well, yeah, I mean, you you just really me. said yourself, yeah. But <laughs> me, I'm saying if, you, if, you needed, if we had to do a tier list, who else would either, either put in your I tier love. or they're maybe getting close? I love the way Plastique Tiara does her makeup. I think it's beautiful. The way that she can do something that's so subtle, but still very much change her face. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so soft. The way what she does is so, so soft, but she transforms everything just so beautifully. So I love the way that she does her makeup. Um, who else is so good? It has to be Drag Race Girl. No. There's this girl in Toronto. Her name's Helena Poison. And she, the way that she does makeup is insane, astounding, incredible, beautiful. Right. It, it's, it's, it's almost like creamy and animated, but still very big, but, but also like, you know, uh, detailed it's beautiful. And um, Priyanka's new sister, Victor, Victor Peters, uh, Varushka. Uh-huh. She's incredible. She does, um, she does Priyanka's makeup, Brooklyn's makeup. And a lot of the Canada girls try and, you know, get in and get her to do our face. Um, I want her to do my makeup, but I have no fucking reason for her to do it. So I just haven't <laughs> done it. it. Ver- Verushka, is, is that a Russian name? Is that a drag Verush- name? Verushka Love. That's her name. Okay, fun, fun. Yeah. Um, I was a Russian major in college. So like you can obviously oh. assume that I had a, an affinity for Katya as soon as she started season seven. I was like, this oh is yeah, fun. you're uh, okay. Cool. Well, we'll put uh, we'll put some photos of those folks that you referenced and some social handles, like right here over my non-makeup face. That'll be Dang nice. You can check, yeah, check them out. <laughs> okay, so you said about four years in, you you really thought, okay, you know what? I could take this seriously and make like a full-time income from this. What were you mm-hmm. doing up until then? Were you still working at Mac, or did you have a different like job that was paying the bills? Uh, I was working at Mac. Um, and I was doing odd jobs like bridal proms, um, some film sets, if I could fit it in because I, cause I did have, I had the film background. Um, and then like, like, I remember like Mac would send us out at like pride to like put glitter on people. Like it was just like silly little things just to make me some extra money. But it was basically when it got to the end of my career at Mac, it was drag full-time then Mac. And also the gym, like lots of things. I was barely home, but I was making, you know, a fair amount of money. I'm lucky enough to be married. So I have a dual income. So there was, if there was times where like, I was, you know, struggling a bit where I wasn't getting a lot of gigs. I had Mac, but I also had my husband too. So we were okay. You know, what does your husband do? Is that information that you mind sharing? Mr. Box is a kindergarten teacher and a librarian. Cute. Nice. He's cute. Mr. Mr. Box. Is he known as Mr. Box when you go out? Yeah, he's very private. So he doesn't have like any social media, any okay. kind of like socials. Uh, so there's no photos of him online. Gotcha. I was curious if it was like a, it was, if it was like a Mr. and Mrs. Kasha Davis situation. Cause Mr. Davis is no. very out there. No, Mr. Box is, is a, is just a, a disjointed voice that <laughs> comes into my thing. Sometimes there yeah. it's, it's, I remember one time, uh, some of my fans met him and one of them refused to look him in the eye because she was worried. He didn't want to ever be perceived. So she would like look around him. And I was like, what's happening this is awkward yeah that's interesting <laughs> this is so weird what are you doing yeah i get uh, that though so my my husband is a judge so he's pretty like oh. pretty private he's on he's mm. on facebook but i don't know oh. if he's like easily findable but he doesn't have any other social media accounts yeah and facebook is like it's where happiness goes to die so no one's going there yeah so. mostly it's just uh like the two of us complaining to each other about the political shit we see our extended family members posting on facebook mm, yes that's yeah. why i got rid of facebook i'm not allowed to <laughs> i'm not allowed to be like well, look what they did and he can be like Shh, stop. yeah but is, <laughs> is, is twitter a happier place for that really though no but um <laughs> i get to look at dicks on twitter i can't look at dicks on on facebook Okay, so, fair enough. And do you do I that from the juice? It. Do you do that from the juice box account or do you have a, a separate profile for that? It's so weird because I feel like drag and sex work, like they we run sort of in the same circles. Uh-huh. So I follow a lot of porn stars because it's either um 
like I'm a fan of their porn uh, or if they like follow me back, then it's like, okay, well, I'm on my, my Twitter, my personal Twitter. Yeah. And there's just hogs everywhere. And what if I don't want to be looking at dicks, you know? So I have the, the alt that I don't post on, but I have the like porn alt that I like have to, for porn. Just for perusing, but then I'm like, yeah. For perusing, if I don't want to see, you know, Priyanka or like, I don't want to see like Scarlet Bobo talking when I'm trying to just rub one out. But then if I, but if I go back to the other one, I don't want to unfollow all of these porn stars that I'm mutuals with. So I'm just like, you know what? Sometimes I'm just going to see some people that I'm mutuals with just getting absolutely pounded out. You know, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. That's we, um, we, I'm, I didn't really get active on Twitter until about two months ago when I created the account for this business. And I'm starting mm -hmm. to learn like how the whole situation works. I was actually telling my friend, I was like, oh, I could see myself starting to work with a lot of OnlyFans creators. And she was like, how are you getting into that avenue? And I was like, well, because they're all really good friends with the drag queens. So yeah, I start Wait, working I, with the drag queens and they start referring the me. Yeah. It's the I, same uh, lane. Before law school, I started a master's in public health. And most of my mm -hmm. friends were studying like sex, re like sexual health and sex research and all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. uh, something that I've been used to being involved in. Okay. Not that. So around, so year four, was that around the time you went full-time in drag? Are you full-time in drag now? Yeah, full-time job. Uh, I went full-time in drag, I would say about three or four years in. Uh-huh. Uh, Mr. Bach, it was actually really sweet. I was struggling a lot. I had a, I had some issues with my old manager where him and I weren't getting along and things were getting really bad. Um, and I ended up contacting his boss being like, Hey, here's the issues that I have with him. I don't feel comfortable bringing them up. You know, this is the problem. And instead of addressing it with my manager and fixing it, they sent me to another store like really far away. So Mr. Box came home one day and he had um, a card and two presents and it was a notepad and pens. And a, the card said that I can quit my job. We can afford for me to go full-time and drag and I can put everything into just this career. Nice. Um, and it was actually that same summer I was, I entered Cruise and Tango's Drag Race again. And the prize that year was $5,000 and a free trip somewhere. Uh, and because I quit, I ended up winning the competition, won 5,000 bucks, put that towards the wedding and we got to go to Vegas. Nice. Nice. So it was great. You say you, you won because you quit. Do you just mean because you had a lot more time then to invest in yeah. your performances? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't stressed out with the, a job that I didn't like anymore and issues with like people that I didn't need to be taking yeah. up space in my mind. Uh, and I wasn't like at Mac for like eight hours and then running home quickly doing my makeup and jetting out and then performing all night long. I was able to spend my days preparing for these challenges and stuff that I needed to do. And I able to, so I could win that little competition. Nice. Nice. Hmm. So when you transitioned into full time, was that like a little bit scary for you or did you feel good about it? Cause you had like Mr. Box was on board. You were ready to go. Was it liberating? What, what was uh... the feeling like then? Well, no, it's scary. It's scary yeah. because what if you, you can have a really busy month and then you cannot have a really busy month yeah. and you're like, Ooh, where's the money, you know? So, or you could, you could, cause when I was in, before I was on drag race, you were only making a hundred dollars a gig, right? Maybe you were making one fifty. If you had a corporate gig, you can like max, you could charge them was like 500. Like the you know? club is paying you a hundred to be there. Yeah. So for, for the, the standard for Toronto is a hundred dollars Canadian plus tips. Um, usually maybe 150 on a Saturday night. Um, and then if you're doing a corporate job, you could probably get like 500 bucks out of them. And you were like, I'm fucking rich, <laughs> you know? So for a lot of the stuff for that. And then you would do like around pride, you would get a lot of brand deals. So it would be like seven fifty to a thousand dollars for the brand deal you were doing, depending on how many followers you had, depending on how much you could sort of like talk them into it because a lot, a lot of the local girls didn't have managers. The times have changed a little bit where a lot of them are, have management for things like brand deals and stuff. But a lot of the, the local stuff, especially in Toronto, they, what they do is they'll be like, it's a hundred bucks. You're performing for three hours and you're doing this many numbers. So it's either you're doing like the minimum you'll do in Toronto is 
like you could do, there's some shows where you do one to two numbers. They are, those exist, but at a standard show, it's four numbers minimum maximum is like 30. So you make up the rest of that money with the tips and the minimum you can make is $5 because we don't have $1 bills here. So when I perform in the States, it's weird because I'm constantly grabbing money. Yeah. But, uh, they're all ones, but Uh if I'm back home in Canada, you're not grabbing as much, but the money you do grab when you are grabbing it is bigger bills. So five tens, twenties, fifties. So what you know? would you say, like most, most of the people who go to drag shows, what would you say that their like tipping policy would be if they had one? So uh, to give you an example, like I went to a drag show last week, I went to mm-hmm. Moe's, which is a show uh, hosted by Chad Michaels. Fine. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give, I'm going to give every queen a five, like $5 for their first number. And then I'll give them like two $1 bills, like for the rest of their numbers since they don't lovely yeah nice it's nice right um but since they don't have one dollar bills do you think are a lot of people that go to the drag shows just tipping like one queen like each queen for one performance it's very like especially in toronto fucking some toronto toronto audiences are rough because they're Uh looking at you like you have to impress me if you want five dollars you know, so it's either they love you and they're going to tip you regardless because they love you or they're going to tip you if you've impressed them or if they like the song you're doing uh-huh. or you have to like gain their interest. It's not it's a lot of the audiences don't tip just a tip. That's not a that's not a regular thing. Gotcha. Uh, when I would when I walk, when I did a show in Chicago uh, at Berlin and before I even got on the stage, it was just like everyone was just waiting like this. Like it was like they were already waiting, but there were ones, you know, so I was just like, I feel like this is just ingrained in the American tipping culture yeah. in, in Canada, specifically in Ontario. They almost wait for their moment to, to come up and tip. The tips are still really good. Like I'm not saying they're bad, uh, especially if you're entertaining and they really enjoy you. But it, it is it is different. You yeah, know, they, they it's, want, it's, they're like waiting to see what you do when the beat drops. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, okay, now we'll give her the money. Now we'll give her the money. But like some people, like I've had people hand me loonies and loonies for us are $1 coins uh-huh. and our $2 are $2 coins called toonies. Like people have handed me coins before and I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to do with this? I don't have pockets. Just toss like, it somewhere. I, I have to throw it on the ground and hope I don't slip on it. Like what don't, yeah. it's, I, I always make the joke that it's making it hail when you throw the, the just coins like on stage. You. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. I think what a lot of people do here because tipping culture, it's kind of, we, I, or at least I do. I, I kind of treat the drag performers like I would my server, like at a restaurant. It's like, you're, you're 20%. Like, yeah. Like you're getting tipped. Like you're getting tipped X amount of dollars, like kind of regardless. And then if you really yeah. turn it out, like maybe we'll give you some extra, but I mean, great. That's a love. That's a lovely way to look at it. But I, I went that. like, I went to a show, uh, Pangina came and it was like right after, mm. uh, UK versus the world ended. And she mm-hmm. got like so much, like so much fucking money. Um, people were just like throwing money at her, which was fabulous. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes, like, I don't know. I think it's because I'm a math person and I like do bookkeeping. So oftentimes mm-hmm. I'm like, well, that's the person who probably got paid the most to be here. So I want to save I was some of my- I just about to say. I was like, <laughs> I want to save some of my tips, you know, for uh, some, some of the other local queens. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing too, is because like we get paid- now at least like the drag race girls we get paid more than than a lot of the girls who are there so it's almost like like i know trinity donates her tips usually like trinity i know splits her tips with the girls in the back trinity that trinity the tuck who used to be trinity, trinity the, the tuck. tuck yeah yes trinity the tuck I, I don't know what her her name is now i think she trinity, doubled by night trinity but just oh it's just trinity there's it's just at least two trinities i think yeah yeah, it's Trinity, Trinity the Tuck, uh, or Trinity. But anyways, I, I've seen her donate her tips before. I think she's, a lot of videos have come up. So I know that she's very much like, I don't need this. Um, I still keep my tips because I spent two years locked in my house. So Fair. I yeah. need the money. So if you're going to tip me, thank you. I appreciate it. I still fucking need the money. I have so many debts to pay off. I but pay yeah, but it is it is still weird to sort of see the because we're we are the ones where a lot of the times we're the reason they're there. So we're the ones they really want to tip, but it's almost like, yeah, but these girls kind of needed a, like not to say they need it more. That's a bad thing to say, but they're not getting paid as much as us. So maybe reserve your tip for the local girls and have more fun with us. Like, yeah, I don't know. Buy my merch. 
Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, so I would love to get into some of the economics of this. Maybe you do a little bit of math math, since you brought up Mm -hmm. the $100 per gig. How much would you typically expect to make in tips like on a given night, like average? Well, if I was at, it depends on what bar. So if you're at Woody's, it's like a two to $300 night. You know, Uh if you're at Woody's on like a Sunday, like you're probably living with two minimum maybe three, if it's a really good night, you're leaving with five to six, you know? Uh, if it's cruise and tangos and you're hustling, cruise and tangos, you do four numbers. Somebody else goes on stage, does four numbers. Somebody else goes on stage, does four numbers. And then you go back on stage, do four numbers in a row. Boop, boop, boop. You are a jukebox. Just boop, 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 boop. So if you really know how to play the audience and you really know how to have fun with them, you really know how to talk to them, you know what songs they want, you know how to hype them up, especially for the next girl. And you all can kind of get on that wavelength. You're walking out of there, thousand bucks. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And how, so it sounds like on average, anywhere from 300 to a thousand dollars, depending on the club, yeah. the venue of the day. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How many nights a week on average are you booked? Well, now or then? Uh, then more than and now, but we'll, we'll talk about both. Well, then I was booked, uh, minimum one, uh-huh. maximum seven. <sighs> <laughs> That was the worst. Those were the, those are the worst weeks ever, but yeah. But like if you were booked seven nights a week, you, you were just exhausted. Yeah. But you, then the, usually the next week you would only have like two or three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm really curious about getting down to is like, what could the expected like monthly income of a drag queen who's been around long enough to be fully booked, you know, as long as there's like the bookings to go around. It sounds like if you're doing one show a night, 300 to a thousand dollars, seven shows yeah. a night, you probably are talking like, I don't know, in the range of two to $4,000 in a week, if you're like fully booked out. So it seems yeah. pretty reasonable that you can have a $5,000 a month income, like on average yeah. doing these kind of, if clubs. you're in a big city, yeah. If you have enough bars to be able to you know, hold up the, the drag industry, you know, those, the, uh-huh. a lot of those things come into it. So if you're in like Toronto where there's church street and you've got at least like five or six bars to be able to jump around to plus private bookings, plus, um, corporate, then yeah. But if you're in a small town with one bar hard, that bestie, it's not looking good, yeah. you know? So So a question, a question on that, this was something I was thinking about the other day, just, you know, as one does, these are the things that pop up into my brain. Drag is a lot more prevalent now, right? So I would imagine there's Uh more drag shows, there's more people going to drag. I'm sure drag race has played a large part in that. But at the same time, I would imagine there's a lot more people trying to get into drag. Yeah. It's probably more competitive to do that. Would you say overall, though, with those two different things in mind, is it harder or easier now to make money as a, a new a new drag performer? Depends how good you are. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like because there is so much more opportunity to do drag, it's easy to make money if you're really good and you hustle really well. But if you're just a girl who's like, I want to do drag. Yeah. And you're not putting in the work, you're not putting in the connections, you're not kind, you're not showing up on time, you're just doing open stages and you're kind of a fucking asshole. Sorry, you're not making money, you yeah. know? Like uh Michaela Walker, you know Michaela? Uh did you watch season two of Canada's Drag Race? Yeah. The makeover challenge? Isis's Strouder? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's Michaela Walker uh couture i think that's her full name she's got a lot of names sweet sweet little thing (laughs) she came she literally got off that show hit the ground running and now she's working like nobody's business she's got tons of bookings she's really sweet she's she's doing what she can and she's only been doing drag a year great awesome but then there's some of the other girls where they have the exact same amount of time michaela also had the platform of drag race but it was only really one episode you know yeah um but a lot of the a lot of the other girls who have started at the same time, so they don't have that same hustle, they don't have that same drive. So it's harder for them to kind of get a lot of those local bookings too, you know. So there's a yeah. there's a lot of things you have to finagle. You also have to go out. You have to go out and meet people. Like you have to network. go out to other shows. Yeah. You have to network. You have to support shows, tip people, talk to people, make friends. Like that's so important at the beginning. Michaela, right? Is Michaela or Kayla? Michaela? Michaela. Michaela. So Michaela, that's like a Nebraska thunderfuck situation. Like wasn't doing drag before the show. Yeah. 
yeah, so she did drag on the show and then came home and was like, I'm good at this. And then just started. <laughs> I know? wonder, so I'm curious, I'd probably have to ask Michaela this, but if that was something that they'd always wanted to do and then this was like their opportunity or if they like got in drag. I think it might've been. And then it we're like, been. this is it. Well, Michaela was quite young, so yeah. it might've been, you know, okay. but because I think she's only, she just turned 20. She was quite young. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Cool, she's cool. quite young, which is very talented. Very, very sweet. I'm a big fan of hers. So nice. Maybe we can put in like a little, like a short Bing. performance clip. That'd be fun. Yeah. I've heard just like bah, 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 yeah. bah, bah. working it out. <laughs> what is that? What kind of um, performances does she do? She's very high energy. She's very high energy. She's very beautiful. She's got this, these legs and these thighs that she just oils up. <laughs> uh, very reminiscent of like Tainomi Banks's confidence, uh-huh. you know, when you Tainomi uh-huh. walks out and she just has this like confidence about her. I feel like Michaela has that sort of like confidence when she walks out into a stage and just like owns it and has so much fun. She is just a joy to watch. I am such a fan. Hi, Michaela. If you're seeing this, hi, hi, hi. girly. Hi, Michaela. <laughs> Michaela might end up being one of my uh, seven YouTube subscribers when this releases. We'll see. Nah. <laughs> She's sweet. <laughs> All right. On the, on the topic of Drag Race, is this, do you like, do you like talking about Drag Race? Do you like it when people ask you questions about it or has it got money? I was like, has it gotten grading yet? I mean, it's grading when it's like, like if it's something that I'm going into knowing that we're going to talk about drag race, it's yeah. just like, it's fine because it's, it's what makes me my money. It's what gave me my career. It's fine. You know, but if it's like me on my Twitch stream and it's like somebody being like every five seconds, are you going to go on all stars? Who's your favorite on this season? Who are you rooting for? It's just like, Oh my God, could we not right now? Yeah. Like it's a, or if you do like a question and answer on your Instagram, the, the number one thing people will ask is who are you rooting for on this season? No one like myself. I don't care. <laughs> Because I would, I would imagine it's like on one hand, right? As a fan, it's something that's super fun to talk about. As someone mm-hmm. who is on the show, it's like, okay, well, I mean, I think that we all know you don't do like one episode a week. That's not how the recording actually works. So, nope. you know, if you're there for the whole season, it's still what, maybe a month, a month and a half but out of, out of like the entire 10 years you've been doing, you've been doing drag, but now it's like 90% of the questions that you're getting asked. I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's their whole definition of you is from that show. My favorite was six months after the show, people being like, you've glowed up so much. And I'm like, I look exactly the same. It's just the only idea you have of me is a very poorly lit runway where I made something really ugly. So you think that I've glown up, but I exactly the same. Nothing That's such a bad, such a bad compliment in a lot of ways oh do you know what the worst one is you're so underrated what <laughs> like well who's, what kind of fucking compliment is that like, who's who's ra- like who's rating me it, like what's yeah. wrong with i thought i was thriving why am i underrated yeah like what's one, the problem like one of the things i often think about and like want to tell people all the time is um i think about diabetti right on the most recent mm-hmm. season she was technically the first one eliminated the- right technically uh but technically came no no back. no it was um technically it was orion oh orion was it Orion? she was okay. on she was episode one yeah and then dia was episode two so dia was technically out second and then they Got both it. came back and then dia made it to the finale yeah orion was fifth place but like dia like dia made it to the finale right but that often makes me think like all right well if everyone that's or like quote unquote early eliminated got a second chance like how many of them have all of these other talents that we haven't seen on television, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can never, <laughs> that... you can never tell. Yeah. You know, you're, so, under, like, you're so underrated. So like, underrated. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about Twitch a little bit because I know that you're on Twitch a lot just because I follow mm-hmm. you on Twitter. I Thank don't you. really understand Twitch totally. One of my Fair. friends, um, one of my friends that I actually went to my tax program with told me that I should go on Twitch and play Pokemon and talk about taxes. And I was like, that sounds like something a, no one would want to watch, but I don't, I no. don't know. You tell me. How does I think it work? that's a lovely idea, actually. Yeah. Okay. That's smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could even just sit and talk about taxes and people would watch. You didn't have to play Pokemon. I sometimes sit here like tonight. I'm doing a stream sponsored by McDonald's. Uh, and yeah, we've got to make that money. Um, and it's just, I'm just going to chat for an hour. That's all. I'm probably okay. going to play games after the hour, but sometimes people just want to sit and talk to you. 
So you how know? is it different than from like just doing an Instagram live? Is it just a oh, different type of audience or what? Instagram lives are the worst. They are the worst. Uh, I mean, they're the worst. The, happiness goes to die. It's it's the worst thing in the world. You can never read the chat. You only see the first two. And if it goes fast, it's gone. It's uh, the camera's bad. It's it's just this little thing. It's on someone's phone. It's, it's awful. I hate it so much. But with Twitch, it's one subscription based. So people can pay you. To, to, to do things and your subscription can come with whatever. Like if you, if you wanted to come into my Twitch stream tonight and just watch me, easy peasy lemon squeezy. Don't have to subscribe or anything. You may get a few ads pop up so you won't be able to see me for like 30 seconds to a minute for some things, but overall we're good. Um, what I do for my subscribers is my subscribers get access to certain kind of emotes. So like emotes, like we have our own emotes on Twitch. So they get certain kind of emotes and they get to play games with me when I do community days. So mm -hmm. if I'm going to play Jackbox or if I'm going to play Dead by Daylight, if you're a subscriber to the channel, you can play with me. But if you're not a subscriber to the channel, I'm like, you just got to watch, you know? And that's just a way for me to be able to monetize a little bit better, but sure. also to um, keep things a little bit safer because no one's going to pay you if they're going to be mean, you know? They're not going to put money in if they're going to troll you. So, and if they do, I got your money. So thanks. Um, but so it's kind of, it's kind of like a built-in like Patreon style membership. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah, it's like Patreon, but it's it's a it's a it's a whole network, you know. So like, a lot of people see it as a gaming platform, and that's really what it is. But you can you can do cooking streams, you can do just chatting streams, you could do ASMR streams, you could do games, you could do um, there's a like we could do this. This could be a stream right now. Uh huh. Right. So it could be you and I having this conversation candidly on a stream, you could have the chat open there and then you could be like, Hey, is there any questions from anybody in the chat or da, 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 And people would just chat and talk, blab in. So this could very much be a stream. You could do this streaming on Twitch and nice. be monetizing it to the point where people could be subscribing the whole time. Okay. I like that. I think my, I think my preconceived like notion of the way that Twitch works is that it's mostly gamers and like, I'm not a gamer, so I wouldn't like not fit in. No, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a gamer in the least bit. You know, I just, I like games. So that's yeah. why I play games, but there's a lot of people who are on it who don't even touch games. Okay. You could sit and you could build a Lego. People would love that. <laughs> and a lot of the times they just, if when you build a community is they just want to talk to you. They just want a connection with people. So if you just want to sit, there's people who sit and talk about politics. I don't fucking touch those streams, Yeah, but they're, they're so popular, you know? Okay. So it's, it's, it's more than just gaming. A lot of people think it's just gaming, but it's so much more than that. And it's fun. Maybe I'll do a Twitch account and do like a live reading of my book and people can ask me questions. Do it ASMR. <laughs> I don't know if I could pull that off. Be like, um, I'll be doing a live reading of my book. Just like okay. I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to practice. I'm going to be, yeah. I am going to get the new Pokemon game when we go on vacation. That is the uh, one game I like to play because it's nostalgia from childhood and it takes very little brain power. Which one? There's so many. Um, Legends of Arceus, I think it's the oh, only. Oh, it's so the, good. I was like, that's so the only good. one I haven't I haven't played yet, I think. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. I, I got really into Gen 6. That was like my emergence back into Pokemon. I played one <laughs> and two as a child. Mm -hmm. And then in law school, I got, my husband bought me the 3DS for Christmas and Pokemon X. And then I decided I was going to finally catch them all because I never accomplished that as a kid. Did you? I did. I got like 720 to fill the Pokemon decks. Excellent. Very proud of you. I've never I had been more turned on X. in my life. <laughs> I had to buy X, Y, Omega Ruby, and Alpha Sapphire to then like exactly. trade all of them to catch yep. all of them, right? And it took me like 340 game hours over the span Ex of a year. I had a competition with a friend of mine. His name's Flannel Jacks. He's another streamer straight unfortunately um <laughs> and we had a contest where we were playing platinum and um oh my god i forgot what the other one is but we were basically playing the newest pokemon game it was a remake of gen seven four. i think gen four whoop i really fucked up that yeah up. that's ruby but, Ru uh, yeah no not platinum ruby. yeah it was platinum platinum and something else anyways but we were we were playing that and we had a contest whoever catches them all wins you know, whoever catches them all wins. Loser has to get a Pokemon tattoo. Uh, and it was going really good for weeks. Like, I think I hit like 500 and he was really close. And then Pokemon Arceus came out and we both were like, ooh, we're out. We're out. 
we got to play this other game. We're out. Yeah, it was Pearl and Diamond. Pearl and Diamond. There it is. Pearl and Diamond. Pearl, Pearl and, and Diamond. Diamond. Really good. Watch your favorite Pokemon. Sylveon. Sylveon. Oh, cute. Sylveon. Yeah. Um, my favorite is Clefable, and I've already decided that I need to buy like a plush to put like right back here on the shelf or right there. There she is. There's yeah. my little Sylveon right there. I did do I did do one playthrough of all evolutions which was really fun I had all eight of them and I have all the evolutions in Arceus right now oh nice I had them like Mm -hmm. all people who don't know Pokemon are like what's happening but I had them all max max trained so they like oh yeah oh wow I did like went for the gold all the breeding all the EV breeding and everything I thought I'd get it like competitive for a minute and then I was like no this is a lot of (laughs) a lot of effort it's okay Let's get, we'll get off, we'll get off of Pokemon. We can take the Pokemon <laughs> offline later. Um, on, so on Patreon, I just noticed I subscribe, subscribe to a Patreon and I don't know, maybe this is something they can toggle on or off, but I thought it was interesting that it had the amount of money that this uh, person on Patreon was making every month. Does Twitch do that? Nope. <laughs> nope. It was interesting, right? Like I subscribed like and public? like, yeah, it said 6,300 and something dollars. And I thought maybe that was like when OnlyFans creators tell you what their percent is, it like tells you, oh, a lot of people are paying for this. Like it must be good. I don't know. Maybe that's the idea. I would never, I would never. (laughs) So you don't want to share the amount of money you're making on Twitch. That's where my question was going to go. I mean, I can. can Or if you want to tell us, if you want to tell us how many subscribers you have. I don't know. Whatever you're comfortable with. So right now, because I'm back to doing drag full time, I can really only stream once to twice a week. Uh-huh. So it's hard to hold a strong subscription base. So um, my max that I was making, I had 200 subscribers nice. um, with most of them were gifted. I would say about a hundred of those were gifted subscribers. What does that um, mean? Because I, oh, so with Twitch, you can subscribe or you can gift subscriptions. So someone will come in and they'll be like, They'll be like, I'm going to give to five subscriptions. Like you, I really love you. I want to give five. I want to support you. So they gift five subscriptions to five viewers. And then those viewers can then watch ad free. And then it's up to them if they want to continue their subscription or it just turns off. Um, so I was gifted, I would say about maybe a hundred from like a lot of the things I was doing. I had a lot of support. Um, a lot of people, when I first started on Twitch were like, like I, I was one of very few drag race girls on the platform. So there was a lot of people who would flock over. Um, and my views were a lot higher cause I was a lot more consistent and also a lot more places were still locked down. So the views were quite, quite high. So, um, I would make, I would say when I was at 200 subscribers, I was making like a thousand dollars a month in it, maybe seven, 700 to a thousand nice. now. I'm at 69 to 75 subscribers, depending on the month. Um, so it's gone down quite a bit, but those are my consistent subscription bases. Those are like the people who are constantly refreshing every single month, constantly, you know, doing their subscriptions. And there's some new people, but some people fall off. So it stays at about 69 to 75. And I would say that gives me anywhere between two to $400 a month. When so you it goes see- down quite a bit. When you say refreshing, is it something that they have to like repay for every month? It's not just like on an auto renewal. Well, it auto renews, but they can turn off the auto renew. Got it. Got it. it. Uh, But what they do is when it auto renews there, they have a button that's the, so my next stream. So say if someone auto renews today, they'll have a button that says show juice that you've, you've renewed. So they'll click it. And then I have a little thing that goes, and a thing pops up and it's like, says, new subscriber and then their name goes under it and then I go like oh my god Kate thank you so much for 15 months I really really appreciate that like 15 months together and then I usually make a joke about like something about 15 months like at nine months when somebody hits nine months I'm like our baby you know (laughs) or if it's like their first month you know you're like oh my god thank you so much this is our first month together I'm so excited hopefully you like it and you want to stay like there's little things that you do to appreciate them because like without the subscribers and without the viewers and the people who are lurking lurking is where you watch but you don't talk in the chat um, you don't, you don't make money and nobody yeah. wants to be there, you know? So the, the whole reason you're on Twitch is before the viewers. So I try to be so thankful to them. And I also try to talk to every single one of them. Like if I ever have a chat that's going really fast, I make sure my chat is slow so I can talk to every single person. Nice. Ben, people, mm-hmm. people love shout outs. I had, oh, uh, yeah. I had a professor in law school who very wisely told us like when we were going into client meetings and things, this was a negotiation class. He said, always remember that everyone's favorite word is their own name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Which is a, well, good, a, a, a good life The tip. whole reason they're there is is to connect, to connect with you. With you. Yeah. And then like, I've even had some people jump into the chat and they're like, oh my God, you you said my name. Like you're talking to me. And I'm like, yeah, that's the, the point. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm talking to you. That's the whole reason I'm here. So nice. All right. So final kind of set of questions here because this is the business of drag podcast. We've talked a lot about, you know, drag being your business, monetizing Twitch, doing shows, all that kind of stuff. I have so many more questions about like Pride Month gigs and all that kind of stuff. But luckily, we have a lot more guests coming on future episodes. So we're going to get into different subtopics with everyone. What? Let, let's talk about the tax a little bit because it's such a sexy topic and you are Canadian. So it's probably yes. a little bit different for you. But what's your process like? Do you do bookkeeping? How's it going over there in Juicebox land? I have a tax account. So I get a check sent to me, the invoice on my, on, I get a check with an invoice from my management. The invoice says how much they charge my tax, which is my HST number. So I have an HST number. So the government knows how much I'm making. And then I take that money from my check and I put it in my tax account and it sits and it builds up over, over the year. And then I just pay my taxes with it. Usually, usually because of the amount of money I have to pay out for things like I had to, like last year, I would have owed uh, $8,000 uh -huh. in taxes. But because I could write off things like my PC, I could write off all of the things that I bought. I could write off every single game. I could write off my gaming stuff. I could write off every outfit that I got made, hair that I got styled, shoes. Um, I could write off a portion of my house because the basement is my office and my drag room. So I'm able to write all a portion of my home off, so my mortgage, and then mileage too. I only had to pay $3,000 in taxes last year. Nice. Yeah, lots, yeah. lots of write-offs. That's good. I have some solo episodes coming up on tax deductions, everyone's favorite topic. Uh, very mm. sexy, very fun. Uh, do you have a tax accountant that files your taxes? I do. Yeah. I do. Betty. I love Betty. How's Betty? Betty's like great. Betty? Okay, cool. I love Betty. Sometimes I send Betty my tax stuff and she goes, and this is, and she'll just be like, I don't think I can. And I'm like, just Betty, just put it through. And she's like, okay. Yeah. I was like, does, does Betty give you funny looks when you say like, this is the amount of money I spent on wigs this year? No, Betty, Betty is actually in my hometown in Windsor, Essex. Okay. So it's about four hours, four hours South. And I'm up in my town over here. So we do everything remotely because when I, when I've gone to new people, I hate them. And Betty always, <laughs> Betty always keeps that money real low, you know, and she's able to get my husband a really good return and she's always been really good with us. So I, Betty is just my Betty tried and true. Got to go to Betty. It's because every time I go this year, this year, we'll try someone local. Like I bought a house. So we bought our house. We went to somebody local and she sent me back how much I owed. And I went, I bought a house. There is no way that I owe this much money with the amount of money I paid for a fucking house. And she went, yeah. Oh, you bought a house. I went, not that. Yeah. Like I told oh, God. you. So she, she went, yeah, she should know that. So we went and took a bunch of money off, but I was still like this probably if Betty would have done it, I would owed nothing. My yeah. sweet Betty. Betty, Betty's, <laughs> Betty's got you. What I always tell people is a lot of that stuff, it comes down to your comfort level, right? So mm -hmm. do you want to write everything off knowing that here it's the IRS, knowing that you might get a letter from them in a few years? Are you comfortable with that? And some people will say like, fuck yeah, give me all the deductions. And other people are like, I'll overpay on tax a little bit if I know that I'll never have to hear from those people in my life. So mm -hmm. kind of depends yes. like how you feel. Uh, but then also keep in mind, this is kind of to the listeners out there, keep in mind that your tax professional has to sign your tax returns. So a lot of it's their comfort level as well. Like some of them are not going to allow you to deduct things if uh, they think it's going to bite them in the ass later. So you have to find, you have to find your own Betty, someone that kind of aligns with you and your level yeah. of risk tolerance with the taxes. Because there's been times where Betty has been like, no, babe, 
yeah, we're not, we're not signing that it. off. And I'm like, fuck, fine. <laughs> we're not doing it. Yeah. Like, so like, if you ask me, right, like the wigs are pretty obviously deductible, right. But the, like the gaming stuff could be kind of questionable. And I wouldn't say questionable as in you shouldn't be writing it off, but questionable in that if you ever got audited, like they'd probably want to argue you on it. Cause they're like, oh, well, that's like a leisure thing. They could argue as much as they want, but I need it to make money. Yeah. So Fair. I'd yeah. be like, bestie, I've got to sit here. I'm on a gaming platform. What do you want from me? Yeah. What do you, what do you want from me? And of course you know? we're keeping in mind that the rules are different in Canada and the U S my mm-hmm. background is as a tax attorney. So I do like the very exciting, sexy research on the actual, the actual yeah. tax laws. It's a good time. And like the gaming stuff was like, not that much money that I wrote off. I didn't spend too much money on gaming. It was mostly the PC that was so much money because I had to build yeah. it. So let's real, real quick. Cause you mentioned you bought a house when you did that. Um, did your, assuming that you got a mortgage, did your mortgage very much rely on showing proof of your income? Uh, yes and no. It was, um, it was mostly showing them my, um, oh my God, what's it called? My credit score. Yeah. 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 So it was my credit score and my husband's credit score that they, they really looked at and how much money we could get for our mortgage. Mostly his, uh, because, mine i'm technically self-employed and this was back in 2020 when we bought so not a lot of money was coming in in 2020 so it was really hard for me to prove like this is how much money i'm supposed to be making but i'm not and because because my show premiered in 2020 so i entered that new realm of making more money for shows in the year we bought the house it was a little bit harder for me because the only thing i had proof of was when i was making my local gig shows yeah. So they were like, this is too all over the place. So we mostly went with his, but now that we're able to like at other things, like loans for like, um, like cars and renovations and stuff, mm-hmm. you, they look a little bit more at my stuff because I'm working a lot more consistently and making a lot more consistent money. Nice. Yeah. The reason mm-hmm. I like to bring that up is because especially if for those people who don't have a spouse, if your goal is for drag to be your full-time gig, if you ever want to go get a mortgage or a car loan or even get approval for an apartment here in Mm -hmm. the States, they're going to look at your schedule C, which is the tax form all your business income goes on. And so what I see people will do is they'll way overstate their deductions. And then they're like, well, I'm actually making like 70 grand a year, but my tax return shows that I'm only making 10. And it's like, all right, well, sweetie, no one's going to give you a loan. If your tax return shows that you only made $10,000, right? So some people, we end up shooting ourselves in the foot in order to like save money on taxes, which we don't want to do if we want to, you know, get that house. Well, it's like, are, are they also not claiming their tips? Because I don't really claim my tips because I don't make enough t- on tips to really claim them. Yeah. So I'm sure I feel like some I'm, don't. I'm sure no one is claiming their tips and that's something I love to get into on an, on another podcast for sure. Um, all right, Juicebox, this has been so, so fun. Um, as we start to wrap up here, tell us, Tell us where all the lovely listeners can find you if they want to follow you, give you money, do all the things. Um, if you want to follow me, okay, they're all different. J- Instagram, Juicebox Official. Twitter, Juicebox Queen. TikTok, Juicebox Tiki Talkie. Um, Twitch. How do you, oh, you wait, follow- how do you spell Tiki? Like it's actual Tiki Talkie? T I C K Y T O C K Y Tiki Talkie. I changed it one day for fun and then a fan took my. Juicebox official name and then refuse to give it back. So that was super oh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Juicebox Tiki Talk for the rest of my life. And if you're listening, you little fucker who took mm-hmm. my name, fuck you, buddy. Um, but you can follow me there. Or if you want to follow me on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash juicebox twitch. Um, and if you want to send me money, paypal.com slash juicebox official. I love money. Beautiful. <laughs> we all, yeah, everyone, we all, we all love money. All right. We're going to put I love money. We're going to put all those links in the show notes. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, or if you're on YouTube, we're going to put them in the description box below. This is my first foray into YouTube. So I got to remember to say, ring the bell, hit the subscribe, do all the bullshit. So do all the bullshit. Oh, don't forget to like comment and subscribe. If you want more drag tax information. Yes. I'm like, (laughs) do people really need that many calls to action? Apparently they do. So please, please do all those things. (laughs) All right, Juicebox, thank you so much for coming on the show. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Good luck with everything. 
everyone, it's me, Rockin' Soccer from the Cats Season 12, RuPaul's Drag Race. Do you need help doing your taxes? Of course you do. You're stupid, but you're pretty. You might be a drag queen and you can do dips and splits and all of that other stuff. You can grab a dollar, two dollars, but are you paying Uncle Sam? If you don't know how, you need help. And that's why you need Business of Drag. That's right, you need business of drag. Taxes are a drag, tune in for help from a pro. All right, all you drag performers out there, taxes are stressful. We all know tax season. Taxes are stressful, stress causes wrinkles, and filler is not deductible. Hire us for help. You need it. You really, really do. Hey everyone at home, ooh, there goes my titty. That is not deductible. Mm, okay. Hey everybody, it's me, Rock and from the cast season. Ooh, sorry. Hey everybody, it's me, Rock and from the cast season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race, and I'm here to tell you that if you're stupid and pretty just like me, you might need help on your taxes, because taxes are a drag, but you need to tune in for help. Oh, motherfucker. I, God damn it, I got this wrong. Okay, one more time. Sorry. Hi everyone, it's me, Rock and from the cast season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race. You guys, if you're like me, you're beautiful, absolutely gorgeous, stunning. People run down the street just to get a look at you. But you're also insanely stupid and not good at doing things like math or handling your money. That's why Business of Drag is here. Taxes are a drag. Tune in for help from a pro. Might I add, taxes are stressful. Stress causes wrinkles and filler is not deductible. No, no deductee. Hire us for help. You need it. Business of drag! Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes. Or Uncle Sam will do, do a split on your throat, metaphorically speaking. Do your taxes.